Hello and welcome everybody to episode number five of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Today we have old guests Brandon Smith and Brandon Tanner, part of Team Metamorph. Go ahead and say hi everybody. What up? So yeah, uh, today I do want to let you guys know that we are going to be talking about Standard again. Um, if that's something that doesn't quite interest you or you want, you know, some other format, unfortunately, we're probably not going to be touching other formats leading up to the RC as we're trying to get prepared and uh, everybody else as well. So I say we go ahead and lead off with the RC results uh, that happened this past weekend. Um, did you guys get a chance to look at the st st statistics um, and the, the finalist decks? Uh, a little bit here and there. I looked a little. Um, I saw the finalists list, uh, and I glanced over the statistics for like deck, overall deck but percentages. Dope. What'd you say, Tanner? It looked like an interesting field overall. Uh, it looks like a lot of mid-range and a lot of reanimator, though. Well, yeah, so it's basically mid range. So. Exactly. Yeah. It's just saps. But, um, so it was yeah. about, yeah, like 29% of the field was Grixis mid range, 10% was mono white mid range, 7.6% was Esper Legends, mono blue tempo at 5.1 with uh, blue white soldiers, Rakdos reanimator at 4.6, Jund at 3.7 with Grixis reanimator. Uh, you also have Jund Reanimator at 2.4, uh, Blue-White Midrange at 2.2, Esper Midrange at 2.0, and then you have, like, the, uh, the other decks. Yeah, around 9.3%. Well, I mean, I mean hold on. Toxic. Yeah, yeah, Celestia Toxic was 1.2% of the meta, and it had the best win rate in the room against standard non-mirror, non-buy win, like, like, win rates. Selesnya had a 64.9% win rate against the field, going 37-20 and 20 overall. Uh, Domain was in second place with 63.3%, 38-22. Uh, Jundry Animator at 56.2, and Rakdos Midrange at 55.6, followed by Mono Red at 55%. So those were the uh, top six decks. Um, I'm really surprised about the toxic win percentage. I had this like preconceived notion that the deck just folded to Grixis. Um, but it actually had fairly good results. So yeah, uh, I don't know how you guys I, feel about that. I, I think that like the addition of Rock Priest is like just so good. Because like all the spot removal that Grixis plays, if they just have Rock Priest in play, they can kind of just like use that extra point or two to like get over the finish line, I think. So yeah, I agree. And then the uh, bloated contaminator is a really good finisher as well. It's because it doesn't take very many hits to kill you with the proliferate on it. Um, no. I also really feel like... Sorry about that. Turn my phone off. <laughs> I also really feel like the matchup versus Grixis probably just went so well because of all the protection spells and stuff, you know? 
Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't know. The uh, the one thing that I was, like, kind of looking at is I was surprised at, like, I don't know who did this breakdown. Like, Frank who Carson. actually did this whole thing? Oh, okay, yeah. So, Frank Carson is uh, a legend for this. Um, but, I mean, essentially, I was surprised by, like, the cert the 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 breakdown of each deck with each matchup, like like Celestia Toxic being nine and one against Grixis, like I was yeah, that's insane. That. And it had a ninety percent win rate against yeah. Grixis, which is crazy. Um, and then like even like like the decks that you don't really see on ladder, like most people are just playing Grixis because it's just good. Um, but, like, the most decks that you see on ladder are, like, not these decks, which is kind of cool to, like, see this this breakdown in this spreadsheet of, like, what's been good, what's been not good, or what was good and what isn't good, essentially. Yeah, it is. I'm interested because, like, so the Grixis matchup, you know, like, for, for Toxic specifically, like, I get that they were able to, like, pull it out and win some games, but 90% is really hard. Like, that just seems higher than I would think. Now, it's only over 10 matches, but, I mean... Still. But, I mean, 9 and 1, like, that's still, like, those odds, like, I would think that, you know, if it's, like, a decent or good matchup, it would be, like, maybe, like, 55%. Because the thing is, Grixis still plays just a million removal spells. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, I mean, that's probably the most surprising thing that jumps out to me. Also, this domain control deck that, like... It's like, I mean, I played it a couple times online, and it's like, I'm not going to lie, Herd Migration's like really good. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it is it. really good. <laughs> Herd Migration is, is really good. Just making like, was it five three threes? Like, yeah. Just putting 15 just four, power words. Yeah, it's five three threes, yeah. If you have full domain. Yeah. Dude, one yeah. basic land I, was, I was playing that dude's list today, and... God, the deck feels good, but you struggle hard against Toxic. Like, Toxic I mean, and Mono I'm Red just run you over. Like, yeah, so I'm hard. sure, like, but I don't think, I feel like the format's unfortunately like that. Like, if you want to play the decks that have, like, a wider range, they just lose to the aggro decks. And then, like, if you want to play an aggro deck, then you lose to the decks that can, can like, turn that corner into the mid-game better. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to like to pin down what deck you would want to play in a field of I mean right now 1400 people qualified for San Diego so if 1400 people are going to be there I mean that yeah, I mean, can you lot. imagine just like it's a lot of different I mean that's a lot of variations and a lot of different like opportunities to play against the matchups that you really don't want to play against so um but also, it is potential to literally run into the matchups that you want to see all day. So, I mean, that's kind of good, too. I mean, so vice versa. What do you, how do you feel about the um, whole Grixis being 29% of the meta? I mean, the next highest was 10%. But that's a pretty big gap. We were talking about that Grixis would be, like, the best deck. But I don't think that any of us were expecting it to be almost 30%. Yeah, that means a third of the room. I mean, but the sample size of this tournament wasn't very high, was it? I mean, how many players were in this? Uh, this is this all RC? three RCs combined. 
Oh, is it? Okay. So yeah, we, this is all yeah. three RCs combined, not just a single Do we know one. how many players were in each one? Is that information um, out there? I actually do have the information here, so... Um, yeah, I, I would like to see like how what the number is of like total players. Because 30% may seem really high, but if the player count's not that high, then like it's understandable. But if the player count's like north of 2,000, then that's crazy. <laughs> I definitely don't think it's going to be north of 2,000. It's probably, like, a combined was, total, maybe. It was three regions, I believe. It was, like, Australia, like, New Zealand, and then, like, um, like Southeast Asia, and then something else. Yeah, but um, I feel like Australia and New Zealand, I could be wrong, but I feel like they have a smaller player base than, like, we do. Like, I don't think 1,400 people qualified for those. You know? Oh, okay, no, 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 so, no. I, I don't think so at all. Yeah. So, yeah, listen to this. So, the one in Australia... And New Zealand, it says over 130 of the best Magic players. So it, it's okay. not very specific. There were only 12 slots up for grabs at this tournament. So this realistically, yes. Yeah, so realistically, oh, yeah. it had to be like is, less than 200. Yeah. So this had to be like, yeah. Uh, this seems like a fairly smaller tournament. The top eight was uh, Grixis mid range, Rakdos mid range. Sorry, there were three Grix. No, oh my god. It's one, two, three, four, five of the top eight decks were Grixis midrange. One of them was Rakdos, one of them was Jund Reanimator, and the other one was Esper Legends. And they what won the tournament? Grixis, Grixis midrange. Right? Yeah, there okay. were there were three Grixis midranges in the top four with Esper Legends in there, and then the finals was Esper Legends versus Grixis midrange. Hmm. Like yeah, Esper, I feel like Esper has a pretty solid Grixis matchup. Yeah, and, I, and it's probably not as miserable to play. You know, it's probably better than playing the mirror match. Oh, At least yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd have to assume that it probably is. Yeah, Esper Legends had a 54% win rate over Grixis midrange. Yep, 54%, yeah. 32 to I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what the 9.3% other was. That's what I want to kind of know. I feel like, like that's probably like some number of like the mind splice decks and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Like I just I would like to I would honestly like to just see the deck the deck list like completely like wholly and completely. Yeah. Like, just so I can see what the other is, you know. Because yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, nine point three percent of the meta is is a pretty decent chunk of the meta. That means that like, and to be honest, like the other decks, like. Against Grixis, it had a 51% win rate. So, like, I would like to see what those are. Um, but obviously, that information's, like, not there. So how likely do you think it is, though, that with Grixis being so much of the meta, that, like, a lot of these decks that were beating on that... Because Grixis had a sub-50% win rate, right? What was it, like... Uh, like, gosh, what was it, like 40%, 40-something 40 percent overall? Yes, 49.5% overall. Yeah. So what are the odds that, like, a lot of these players just had, like, the, you know, the 16-person RCQs that most of the people didn't even want to go to the RC, and then the people that qualified just played Grixis anyway, but, like, they didn't, like, they weren't fully there, you know what I mean? And so they were able could, to lose to some of the better matchups. I could see that. I could see that, too. The, um, the, J the, the Japan RC, uh, they call it the Champions Cup. It was Japan and Korea. Um, yeah. the top eight looks a lot more healthier, but I'm kind of seeing a trend here. I don't know. It could be coincidence. 
but there were only two Grixis decks in the top eight, uh, one of them being the reanimator version. Uh, one Jund, one Esper Legend, one Mono Blue Tempo, one Mono White, uh, two Mono White, sorry, and one Green White Infect. And the Esper Legends player played against Grixis twice and beat the first one 2-0 and beat the second one 2-1, but then they lost in the finals to Infect. So wasn't he a toxic? Yeah. So just for clarity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming, or from what I'm seeing, like in the stats and all that, Esper Legend seems to be really well tuned to beat the Grixis decks. And I'm assuming it's because of the curve of Skrelv into Thalia into Rafine into Shieldred. And you can just hold up Plaza forever and just play Protect the Shieldred with Skrelv and Plaza. Like Yeah, I agree. I think that Having turn one Skrelve is like automatically super good, obviously, but I think that you being a mid range deck that also just gets to play Thalia, um, mm-hmm. make like I think that clears up a lot of your problems because like they can't play Fable on three anymore; they have to play it on four. Any of their removal spells just cost more mana. So if you had a turn one Skrelve and they play like a Xander's Lounge for their turn one, and then you play a Thalia, you know it, it's pretty backbreaking. Yeah, and like they they cannot remove the Thalia <laughs> on their turn two with a cutdown or any one mana they removal have to spell. Kill the scroll and then yeah, yeah. If you think about it too, the curve that Grixis has of like turn one basically do nothing into turn two blood tithe into turn three fable like doesn't work against Thalia at all. Like yeah, yeah. blood tithe blood tithe lines up terribly. Yeah, they can't cast fable on three. Like it's just. It interrupts their plan enough for for you to get like Rafine in play or like something big like Denik or something like, and then they just like can't really they can kind of catch up if they like draw a bunch of removal spells but like for the most part I don't I feel like they're playing that game from behind like most of the time so um that, yeah, likely, I, like, the only way that they're gonna get rid of the Thalia is gonna be like if you don't have a scroll and just sacking a blood tithe on three to kill it. It's yeah, just, and I feel like that's just not really where you want to be with Grixis. No, oh, it's just it's. Not. I would feel it, so bad. <laughs> it's so yeah. tempo, like like you gain so much tempo just from playing Thalia. Like, mm-hmm. and like, like, what are they going to do? They have to kill the Skrelv. They really like if they want to sack their Blood Tithe to kill Skrelv and then use a removal spell on Thalia. Like, sure, but like, that's if they have like literal perfects. And they're doing that on turn three when you already have a Rafine in play, probably. Or even Plaza. Like, you can't Plaza on three, but... Yeah, it just I seems... think that the Esper Legends deck, I was, I think, it was either in the group chat with you guys or in my, one of my other group chats, I was talking about the Esper Legends <laughs> might be, like, the secret deck to play just because of how good it lines up versus the other mid-range decks. Mm-hmm. Because for one thing, like, so Grixis midrange has, you know, some card selection slash card advantage with, like, Fable and stuff, but Rafine draws way more cards, and very quickly. Dude, and it that card goes so well with the Raven Man. It and really all, does. And yeah. all your channel lands, because they all discard. Yeah, so like, I, I just... That is the keyword just, on like, channel. Yeah, it's just, just also <laughs> can make Odawara cost like the deck one, can one. channel Odawara for one mana, and that's 
Yeah. Bucks. Or Channel Takanuma for one mana. Dude, Gonjo you can, for one mana. It's pretty crazy. It's disgusting. You can ask B Money. We were playtesting it on your account last night. Bro. I went a Jongo uh and Takanuma on the same turn. Or no, I think I owed a water too, right? It was it you, was a disgusting it, turn. You had Ganjoed and Odawara in the same turn with only two mana. It was so good. It's dude. So nuts. It's so it's good. Very good. The deck is definitely super gas. I think that it could very well be the best deck to be playing. Um, That's what Yellow Hat played is playing this weekend in Naples. I'm not a hundred percent on if that's the deck I'm going to go with or not, uh, but I do think that it's a really strong option. No, that, I mean also, I mean in in the grand scheme of things too, it is the most expensive deck in standard. Oh really? Yeah. So a lot of people just probably aren't going to play it. It's close to $500, which is like the highest cost standard deck that is there. I think it's like $480 or something like that. No, it's $550. It's okay. Yeah. See, like that's the thing. So, like, it's like basically buying a, a pretty cheap modern deck at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you're building for so. I wonder. All right. Well, I already have three shoulders. That cuts out $200. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. in it. So, I can buy the deck for $50. Bucks. All right. So yeah, like the the top two decks I think that I really want to play is the Domain Control deck or Esper Legends. And I this like genuinely this is the first time where I'm like I am so torn on my deck choice because I don't want to play Grixis, even though it's probably far and away the best deck in the format. I don't want to play the mirror match. Like I just I hate it, I don't enjoy it, and it's gonna just take me out of it. And you're definitely going to be playing the mirror match. This, if not for anything else, this proved that the like price point of wanting to buy a four hundred dollars standard deck that's not a problem. No, yep. people are going to shell out. Yeah. People care. People care too much about going to the pro tour now because it's back. So, and I don't blame them honestly. Like no, yeah, no, I, mean, I really don't. I I will say this: I do kind of feel bad for all the people that are like out of the country and qualified because I'm pretty sure like most of the pro tours are in the U in the U.S. So, like, <laughs> they have to travel yeah. here. I think the next pro tours in like what Minneapolis or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, which happens uh, like August, I think. Yeah, something like that. August or because it's Dallas so... is in July. Dallas is in June, so. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something that's gonna like. I mean, it's pretty important. So I mean, it makes sense that people are willing to spend the money. I mean, yeah, like I can't talk too much of a big game. Like I'm willing to spend five hundred dollars on a standard deck if I have to. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, yeah, for sure. And it sucks to do that because like there's just so few tournaments to be yeah. playing in for standard. Because uh, I mean, like in paper, like like in Hattiesburg, like we don't like standard does not exist. Yeah, I mean, the upcoming season, I believe, is possibly standard, I think. I think the upcoming season is standard, so, like, owning owning Esper would be pretty good for standard, yeah, you know? Because you probably just rail all the all the cheap decks in the room, so. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure that, you know, if they did a standard RCQ, at top, like, at, say, at top Q, uh, I imagine, like, half the room is going to go out playing, like, mono blue and mono red and stuff like that, like, the cheap yeah. decks that people don't mind buying. Yeah, um, I know that like like one of my friends that's um, going to DreamHack in California. He uh, 
he told me the other night he's between a couple of decks, but he's leaning really heavily into mono red because it's fairly inexpensive and like like I said, like there's just not enough paper standard tournaments to justify him buying a really expensive deck. Yeah. So his whole goal is basically just play mono red, hope to day two, hope to cash out, and then just like that be it. Yeah. Which I don't know. I, I'm, I, mean, it's... I I I get the mindset behind it, but if I'm gonna travel like across the country to try and play for the pro tour, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a deck that like is just cheap and easy. I would definitely try and play test more and figure out what I personally think is the best deck yep. and then go that route rather than just like, Oh, I don't, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously I'm not dogging anybody for doing this cause you know, teach their own, but just like, I think the mindset of being like, Oh, well, I don't want to learn the format. So I'm just going to play the aggro deck and I'm just going to try and send it. I just don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go about it, but I agree. Um, um, and- it's like he has access to like my arena account, so like, sure. he's able to play and, tents with tons of decks. I don't want to talk about him specifically. I'm talking about just like in general, but right, sure. Um, like you know, like playing all like he's played a bunch of the decks in standard, like most of page one of Goldfish, and basically every time he plays, he'll like message me, just be like, "Dude, I'm gonna be honest, this is mad boring." Uh, yeah, it's not worth like to him. It's not worth spending because like the trip is already so expensive. They're they're staying in a hotel by themselves, just two people. It's a thousand dollars for the hotel, and the plane tickets. That's a thousand dollars, and then like adding another five hundred dollars to play in one event with a deck that you don't really enjoy at all. Like at least with mono red, you're only playing Magic for like ten minutes, and then you can go take a nap somewhere if you need to. Wait, uh, you said something about a thousand dollars. You mean for the hotel? Yeah, for like the full weekend, they're staying at the. Um, at the hotel that's attached to the convention center. Oh yeah, that's why. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely yeah, go back right. and take a nap for for that then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Just walk back to your room, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice ass hotel. I mean, you can just walk upstairs and take a nap. It's great. Yeah. But, um, but that's. I don't know. I'm on the same page as you personally, though. Like, for me, because I actually want to go to the pro tour and stuff. You know, I don't care about just cashing out or whatever. Like, it's more than just a vacation trip for me to go to California. Yep. I'm willing to invest in a deck, even if I do only get to play it once, just because, like, I want to make it there. Which is why I've been doing a lot of testing and trying to find a good deck to play. That way I at least only have to buy it once, you know? Yeah. For sure. Uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't really tested the Esper deck enough, but, I mean... This all y'all talking about it. I kind of want to play it too. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, yeah, like that. No, yeah. it's really strong. Like it's surprisingly powerful. Yeah, it just does what it does really well. And like, sure, you can't play multiple of the same creatures most of the time, but you just don't need to. Like, it's just it curves out really well. It puts a clock on your opponent. It tempos your opponent out. It taxes your opponents. All your creatures have like the stipulation to like, or not all of them, but. A good bit of them just have a stipulation to be removed. Like, you have to pay Ward 1 for Rafine. You have to pay an extra mana for Thalia. Squelv has protection. Plaza gives Hexproof and Indestructible. Like, it's just... It's, it just seems very well-rounded for a majority of the meta. Yeah. The curve that the deck has is really powerful. The consistency that the deck has is really powerful. I think that there's going to be a big difference in playing it online and in paper. Um... Because only being able to have one copy of your creatures 
is super relevant online because for whatever reason, like, I mean, you, we've, everybody's seen it. Everybody makes jokes about it, but you really do just be drawing four copies of Thalia. <laughs> That's so true. That's fair. That happened to me. Like, you like, it's like, I've always kind of just like brushed that off and just been like, no, you guys are just salty, but no, you, you 100% draw extra copies of every card that you don't need. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know. I think part of me would be cool to like bring a, one of the other decks, you know, the other percentage deck and just like do well. So, so my favorite right now that I've been testing with is if it was there is definitely under the other category, which is blue, white, mind spice control. Um, that, that deck is just really, really good. It's just a really good control deck. Like they're the only win condition in the deck is white suns twilight. Yeah. And then it just plays counter spells and cantrips, and you just and board wipes, and you just eventually get there. Cast a white suns for ten off of just double white mana. Like it's, I I think that deck's a lot stronger than the num numbers are representing for it. And I don't know if that's just because people are like kind of scared to play mind splice right now. I can tell you exactly what the problem is. There, yeah. Everybody's playing three abrades in the main board. Exactly. It just like Grixis is playing a bunch of abrades. That's kind of just like it's I, just. I can see that being a reason why you wouldn't want to do it. It's like your deck folds to main board hate, and it's only, only because it hits wrecking your bankbuster. That is it. It just now so happens to hit your best card in your deck, which is Mind Splice Apparatus. Because I, I one hundred percent agree, Mind Splice. Decks are the most fucked up decks when you have Mind Splice in play. Like, no other deck can compete on, like, a similar power level. But the issue is, is that there's... People are playing Beseju and Abrade in the main board because it hits Reckoner Bankbuster. Cathar Commando. Yeah, like... Yeah, like, I mean, okay, there's a lot sick. of cards that hate it, but I will say... So, like, one thing about it... that Like, I'm not as scared of those kind of things, because if they cast it, they have to do it on their turn, because you're casting Mind Splice on their end step anyway. So worst case, they're just, like, tapping mana on their turn to cast one of their removal spells, and then you have cards that shuffle your Mind Splice back into the deck. Like, you do have an unlimited copy of Mind Splice. That is basically. true. Because you have Witness the Future, and uh, Devious Cover-Up to shuffle it back in. So, like, you do have an infinite number, and they only have three removal spells for it. The the, the I, only... I could just be overhyping the deck, but I've had a lot of success with it, and I've also had a lot of fun with it. Like, I think it's a pretty solid deck. I can see why it wouldn't be great, but... No, no, like, I, I'm i right there with you. I think the Mind Splice decks are really cool. The issue is, is that you're playing a... Ooh, flex? The <laughs> issue is that you're playing such a Tier 3 deck without Mind Splice, and them answering just the first Mind Splice, it puts you so far behind. Like, like even if they're yeah. tapping mana on your turn, like, they don't really care. Like, what are we going to do on our turn? Like, we don't have five to, five mana Teferi. We don't have, like... We, or our extra turn. Yeah, the Jeskai version. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I, I understand. It, it's just that, like, so part of it is that they have to do it. The reason that I'm saying they have to do it on their turn is because you probably tapped out to do it. And if you get to untap with it, then it automatically gets a charge counter, which means that you, like, automatically just have Syncopate mana up yeah. easily. 
So if they don't kill it on their turn, then they probably don't get a chance to kill it. And so they probably just don't. And then they lose to you casting like Silver Scrutiny and stuff like that. I also appreciate that the blue-white deck, like Cameron was watching me play earlier, or maybe it was Vega, but you legit, you cannot lose to Mono Red. It is impossible. Yeah, you play like four Union of the Third Path, right? Or yeah, three? and three Sunset Revelry in the main. Yeah, like... And then sick. White Sun's Twilight. Like, that is you true. have just so much life gain. I mean, it, it is that is a free matchup. And the Grixis matchup can be, like... I have a pretty positive win rate versus the Grixis matchup, but it can't. you can still lose it. It's not unlosable. Um, yeah. The Atraxa decks, you absolutely crush, because all their cards cost so much mana. Oh. Yeah, you just have enough time to like put a bunch of lands in play. Yeah, and then mm. eventually draw a farewell and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. It just uh, it's it's pretty easy to crush those decks, but the Esper Legends deck I think is probably really tough. Um, I, I don't know that you. I haven't played against that matchup yet, but I can't imagine it's good. I mean, when your Jace's scrutiny cost like. That extra pit. Silver scrutiny, sir. Sorry, yeah. Brain fart. Yeah, like having to pay like Jason's three or an X to cast it can be really brutal. <laughs> um, what year are we in? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Is that an actual <laughs> magic card or am I tripping? It's uh, Jace's no. ingenuity. Yeah, Jace's ingenuity. Just a five mana instant to draw three cards. No, yeah, Jace's correct. scrutiny is a card from yeah, Shadows Over Jace's scrutiny is it? Yeah, it is. What does it do? Uh, it's one in a blue. Target creature gets minus four, minus O, and investigate. Oh, that's a good card right there, buddy. Hey, that was a limited all. Yeah, that's what I'm about though. to say, dude. That had that had our favorite line of text on it. It says, "Draw a card." Draw a card. card. I don't know if you guys have ever drawn a card. But I've drawn a lot of cards in my day. It feels very good. Shit's hot. Yeah, I miss, I miss casting Sphinx's Robe for like fourteen, dude. Take Shut me up. back. Take me back. Get yeah. out of here. You're gonna make me lift the table. Stop. Awful. <sighs> Awful. Oh. The, um, man. I don't know. I so I, I just my playstyle for like in general is just like not well rounded in the mid range game, and there's no combo decks in standard. So um, I, I feel I feel like me personally, I'm pri- I'm like almost priced into playing an aggro deck. Okay. Before you look it up and say there is combo decks, I'm not, <laughs> gotta be one. I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking <laughs> no, to the attracts the decks. I don't think no, the attracts no, no, the decks. No, 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 that's not a combo deck. There has no, to be just, a combo deck, bro. I'm no, looking. there's not. I'm like, looking. There's really not. We're gonna find one. No, I mean you can look all you want. There's not like a true combo deck, like one that goes infinite and kills your opponent, or like you know can kill your opponent, like OTK your opponent. In one there's turn. one right here. Like, what? Golgari fight rigging, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, get out of here. <laughs> obliterator? Hold on, Hold on. have you ever swagged an obliterator? Oh. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm Absolutely not. Deck. Lands and spells. That's the entire page is combo decks. That's how fair. do you lose? <laughs> you yeah, play the deck. True. That's You're, how you. No, 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 no. There, there's act. There actually is like one really good combo deck in standard. And it's when uh, you're playing Grixis and you go wrecking your Bankbuster into Fable the Mirror Breaker. You just you win on the spot. You literally win on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I will say 
out of all of the magic that we've like all played together, I don't know that I've ever actually seen you play a mid range deck. Uh, Wait, hold on. I haven't. <laughs> in my life. And the one time that you played a control deck, you were just like, actually, fuck this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm never doing this again. He threw it at me. He's like, don't ever yeah, let me play like, this shit again. This again. If yeah, I have to that. do it, don't let me. And then exactly. Six months later, he was like, you know what? Let me try it. And played one round. It was like, <laughs> nope. what the fuck is wrong with you? No. Nope. That, that day I made a blood pact with the control gods. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm never doing this again. The money picked up Sorry. to fairy. I was like, listen, I can't do it anymore. I cast that card one time in five rounds. I was like, ugh. Now that tournament was brutal. No, but it's funny you mention that because I did did the same shit when I played Titan at the Cobb's 5K. I was like, don't ever let me fucking touch Titan again, ever. I just, I'm not meant Titan. I'm not meant for Cobb's. Me and Titan have a very special relationship. (laughs) I love that deck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you did, what god you made a deal with, how many goats you <laughs> sacrificed, but I've never seen somebody yeah. fucking... It's just the finesse you have with your cards, man. It's actually... Uh, it isn't goats, it's zero-one plant tokens. Yeah. No, no, he's woe strider, dude. He was sacking oh goats. Yeah, he's he was sacrificing strategy. goats, dude. <laughs> yeah. it, it does suck that there's not an actual combo deck. But it's also probably yeah. good for the format that there's not, because that, combo decks are lame. That's what I was about to say. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. Combo decks aren't lame. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like this attitude we have going here. Um, no, I, I mean, but I, I, I think that this is what they were going for, like, was it when they did this whole, like, when they planned these whole, like, last like, three sets out, is, like, they wanted the format to be in a place where, I mean, honestly, if we're getting down to the brass tacks of everything, this Say format it. is really skill-dependent. Like, it is. Like, this is the, this is the format where, like, it, it comes down to you being able to play the mid-range game better. Like, it's true. And navigating those turns to where you make less, you know, less errors in your, you know, you give it up to your opponent to make more, or, you know, you know how to navigate the matchup so well that it puts you in a position to excel higher than everyone else because you're used to playing those patterns and those, and like, you, you know what you need to do at each part of the game. And I'm, I my brain doesn't personally think like that. Like I just I would like to just slam things and play and just like win the game. Boonga, but, boonga, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I mean, we'll see. I mean, I might just end up on a aggro deck. Honestly, like I might just end up playing Slesnia Toxic. I don't know. We'll, and we'll you all know you're just gonna spend the twenty dollars and buy Mono Blue fully foiled. No, out. no I can't God, because I the, wouldn't the, let them. The Esper the Esper matchup it's is dog. Awful. It's so dull. Yeah, how do you Let me see it? it. Let me see it. Awful. Dude, it is Oh my god. Yeah, Esper Legends has a 92% win rate against Mono Blue at 11 and 1. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, I've, I've also played the matchup a couple times on ladder and it is terrible. So that's it, why you uninstalled it. Right now. No, I mean I still have it installed, but it, it, um and realistically, I hate admitting this. I truly do. But this is probably the best standard we've had in a long, long time. Even though Grixis and is this, super popular, it's so He came healthy. around, guys. Guys, he came around. It is, last week, he was 
preaching it's true. that standard was terrible. It's true. And that it was the worst format ever created. And now he's It's healthy. It's it's like looking at these statistics, like I cannot argue the math. The format I just want to put healthy. on the record. No, I, I agree with you. I'm actually going to argue with the math. Because there's a twenty percent deficit between the first and second decks. It is still healthy representation. But, but it is still yeah, it healthy. Didn't, it, it didn't win every tournament though. That's no. the thing. Like, and it it, it had a forty nine percent win rate overall. Yeah, it's sure it might be the most popular deck, but I do think that the meta is healthy enough and there's enough diversity where you can play any deck and probably perform well. Like the fact that mono red aggro and mono blue tempo can compete with these decks and like hold their ground and top eight these events. Like that gives me hope in the format. That makes me feel genuinely good. Like, okay, well, these people know what they're doing. Like, as long as you know what you're doing with your deck, you can probably perform decently well. And of course you got to get lucky here and there, but. I will stand by the opinion that I've had for the last several years and say that standard is still terrible. Dude. I mean, okay. So realistically, it's not the old standard. You know, like, it's never going to be that way again. Like, cards are power creeping yeah. so hard to, like, we're just... Yeah, uh, cards are way too strong. Now. Like, you can't play a... Way... Yeah, like, you, you can't play a 4-mana four 4-5 four that Lightning Helix is your opponent and be okay with it. Like... Like, now people will just, like, okay, go for, go for the throw to it. Like... I don't know. Attacking with Cedrano and then casting Wingmate Rock was pretty <clears> dang <throat> good. Was Man, Aaron Barrage won a... Uh... Sorry to change subject real quick, but Aaron Barrett won a PPTQ. Uh, in the finals, he was playing versus a buddy of mine. Uh, I want to say the finals were against Henry Regal. He was playing in the mirror match. Aaron cast Cedrano on four, <clears throat> attacked on five, casting my rock and pass, attacked on six, casting my rock and pass, attacked on seven, casting my rock, and Henry just went, bro, all right, man, you got it, and just conceded. Like, just couldn't compete. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a world anybody could beat that back in old standard, like, period. Yeah. Not back in the day. I mean, it was just so strong. Um, and, you know, Aaron's obviously a good Magic player. Like, they definitely know what they're doing with that kind of thing. But it was just so wild to watch. I was just like, it's like that was when Wingmate Rock, like, cons had just come out. Like, we hadn't made it to the other blocks yet, I think. Like, Wingmate Rock was still new. Like, that was the new tech. Um, yeah. It's just a 5-man 3-5, dude, with flying. Makes a, what, three, what does three, it make? Four. It's a 3-4 and it makes a 3 It makes a 3-4. Uh, it makes it three four two. Okay, it just makes a second one basically, which is just yeah. such a huge power swing. I remember getting uh, past that. I used to go to this coffee shop up in Laurel to play drafts because they did two packs per win, <laughs> and uh, I got past a wingmate rock in pack one. It was like my fifth pick. Somebody passed me a wingmate rock, and I was like, "Are y'all serious?" Like. <laughs> Jeez. Obviously, you were playing in a draft where nobody could read. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, these were okay. all super casual players. Oh, so they're like, so they were blind. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. So the thing is, like back then, I was going to college in Jones, which so it was like a ten minute drive to this coffee shop. And so me and my buddies would just go and hop in different draft pods, and then just like get as many packs as we could. I mean, it was free money. That's fair. Literally. Um. But anyway. Yeah. No. I mean the. Uh, the standard, I think, yeah, I think what you said is right. The standard metagame right now uh, is as kind of like as stale as we see it, in our opinion, it is in a really good spot. And, um, 
And if you don't find it fun, I completely understand it. But in the grand scheme of things, the, the format is balanced and healthy, I think, for the most part. Yeah, I think the fact that all the cards are overpowered keeps it healthy. <laughs> or keeps the other cards in check. It's the, uh, the what is it, the Yu-Gi-Oh logic? If you just make everything way too busted, then uh, nothing's busted anymore. Basically. I suppose. I, I personally, the only card that I really just hate being in standard, and I'm sure you guys are, I don't know if you guys will agree with me. It's just, it's wrecking your bank buster, man. I just, I hate that card being in the main deck of almost every deck. Because, like, it just feels like every mid-range deck just has, like, this card advantage, like, element to it. And usually that's, like, sure, like, that's the case, but that card draws you, like, three cards, man. And it makes a 1-1, one, one, and it beats for four. Like, it's just, ugh. I feel like that's why all these Grixis decks are, like, starting to play a braid. Like, that's the main reasoning behind it, is because they don't want to compete with the other person's bankbuster. Yeah, they'd rather just kill so. it. Yeah, right, and yeah, I mean, I've like I've been playing basically nothing but control online, and so obviously, like my opponent casting a Reckoner Bankbuster on two whenever I just played a tap land on one is like it's so backbreaking. So backbreaking. It's so hard to deal with. And mm -hmm. you know, the card's really good when, like, I as the control player, I'm playing the domain deck, and they play Bankbuster, and I'm like, I'm debating Leyline binding it. Like, like, that's insane. Like, that is absurd that I'm spending this quote-unquote six-mana spell on uh, a Reckoner Bankbuster. Like, what? That's fair. Like, I'd rather sure. hit, like, their Planeswalker or their wedding announcement. But no, I have to fucking take the Bankbuster because I'm going to get yeah. drowned in value. Another question is, is where any of those top eights have mono white in them? Uh, Actually, I think one of them did, right? So let's I didn't see. see it. Yeah, so I didn't remember specifically. Uh, the Japanese and Korean one had two copies of Mono White. Um, zero and the Australian or the Southeast Asia one had zero. And it's kind of wild because Mono White was like that was the deck that at first I was like really big on. Like that was going to be the deck. Yeah, I was that was a, it. It was just two copies in that one tournament. Yeah, I also liked Mono White in the beginning, but now I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's. I uh, just I, don't. I don't like the way the deck plays. I don't like the mirror match. The mirror match just seems brutal to me. It's just I a lot of sitting play, there and uh, doing nothing for a while. I played the blue white mind splice mirror yesterday and holy Don't shit. ever do that again. Just concede. Long just go next. Game. Just just save your mental. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up winning just because my opponent <laughs> accidentally clicked through a syncopate. Like he had a syncopate in hand and I was casting mind splice and he just accidentally clicked through. And so I got to resolve it. And so I just like had more mana <laughs> and I just won. Hell yeah. Like, the dude immediately said, oops, and the next spell I cast, he just, like, puts his paint on the stack, and then it's eventually. Sick. Like, yep, had it. It's like, damn, sorry, bro. Brutal. It's bad. But it's sick. That mirror match sucks. But I think seeing that they're, like, that deck specifically wasn't represented enough to even be on that list that the lowest was, like, 2% means that you're a lot less likely to play against the mirror and paper. 
I'm glad about that. I mean, to be fair, mono white mid range was sixteen point seven percent of the Southeast Asia uh, tournament. Uh, mono white was four point six percent for the Japanese and Korean one, and then for the other event, it was thirteen percent of the meta. So it actually was the second most deck played at two of those events. Hmm. Let's check. I'm sorry. Pretty well. Mono white mid range. Really? Yeah. I mean, the deck's super good. It has... It's got a good Grixis it, it, matchup. It does, which is really nice to have. Yeah, yeah. Just to be able to beat that deck. Because that deck is really strong if you don't have, like, if you don't have a good matchup against it, you can just kind of fold. It's the same thing as in Pioneer with Red Black. I mean, it's basically the same deck. I'm checking like, what the... The only reason I would buy into Grixis right now instead of any of the other decks is just because I already have, like, 90% of the cards. So yeah, I'm checking the Esper matchup, and it's about 50%. It's 4-4, four and four, so I guess, yeah, it's fairly oh, even. Well. Look at that. Look at that mono-red matchup for mono-white. What is it, insane? It's 60% against Grixis. Ooh, 22% against mono-white. Yeah. Which is crazy, because they play a lot of incidental, like, life gain. With, like, the Wandering Emperor and stuff. Just the Wandering Emperor. No, they also Some play the they play the they play the guy that flips into a three three that gains you life. Yeah, but that one's pretty hard to flip because you have to have coven, so you have to have three different power among your creatures. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, is it my ambitious farmhand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to get to that point because you're already dying. Because that's fair. Like, Mono Red just plays a bunch of dudes, like shitty little dudes but, that kill you. So you're having to block the whole. Team. Like they're, they're which that's what's kind of crazy to me. Like they play a lot of cards that just gain them life. Like they play the Emperor, they play Ambitious Farmhand, they play Sarah Paragon. Um. So I'm kind of curious on why, and they play a lot of like early threats to just be able to block and trade. Wedding announcement, like. Yeah, oh, no, it's great. gotta be, like, do they even play End the Festivities in the best of three lists? Uh, some do. Uh, some do, oh, I believe. I um, guess if they go, like, I, Swiss Beer, play with Fire, your first drop play, then you untap, they play Reckoner, Bank Buster, you play another Haste Threat, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I looking at these so mono the is that, like, all of their early blockers are just 1-1s. One yeah. And Monastery Swiss Beer. So one two. So one two. It yeah. specifically beats one one, which means you have to take one hit so that you can get a second creature in play to try to double block it if you really wanted to, if, which you would never do because you just get blown out. But so you end up just having to chump block a bunch of dudes, and then you'll run out of things, and they just like lay down arms. Sarah Paragon. They, they lay down arms and ossification, and I don't know. That, to, like, that, that's, it, I don't know, man. It seems good. Yeah, I, mean, I thought the same thing, and then I played versus Mono Red like four games in a row and got my shit absolutely stomped. I just couldn't because there's just not ways for you to gain life, really. Um, and you'll just eventually die. It, it doesn't make sense. You would think that Mono White, without knowing what the cards, just by knowing the decks, you would think that a deck that is Mono White mid range versus a deck that is Mono Red aggro, you would think Mono White would slap it. Yeah, it just doesn't. They just have two That's pretty wounds. Wild. And you don't really yeah. have good ways to prevent dying. Yeah. The other th thing, too, is like... 
The um, I'm pretty sure the soldiers deck had the highest. Or let me see, what is the highest win rate against mono red? The highest win rate mid range. Oh no, mono black technically, but mono black doesn't really exist. Um, so it'd be jund mid range. Yeah, eighty two percent. Yeah. Yeah, well, John Midrange plays like Haywire Might and uh, Workshop War Chief and yeah. Shieldred. Like, just so many ways to not die. Armored Scrap Forger. Armored Scrap Forger is really good, too. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. They have to two for one themselves most of the time. Mm hmm. If you're playing the uh, Titania was... version of John, do you absolutely can't lose to Mono Red? You ever the, just played a three mana three four and then played a land that gained you three life because you sacked it. Oof, it's nuts. Yeah, pretty dang good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, was there any decks that surprised that you guys saw that like really surprised you that they did well? Like, did you see any list that you were do, like, "Domain this deck's pretty sweet." Domain control kind of okay. blew my expectations. Same thing with yeah, green white toxic. Green White Toxic really kind of blew me away that it did well. I I definitely there was no world that I was expecting that to be an actual deck that performed. Like I know it's a real deck and I know it's strong and all, but like I never if you had asked me what was gonna win a tournament, I never would have said Green White. I would have said yeah. almost anything else. Yeah, me no, um, me too. And like I was really big on a form of domain control. But I didn't really think that it would, like, win a tournament. You know? Yeah. I thought that it was a deck that would, like... If you were a really good Magic player, I thought that it was a deck that would get you into cash range easily. What was? Domain Control. Okay, yeah. I just didn't expect it to be a real enough deck. Because, so, like, I think we talked about on the first episode of the podcast, uh, half of your lands just come in tapped. Like, you can't do anything for the first half of the game. So it's surprising that it does well. Oh, yeah, I know, because you play so many Tri-Lands and stuff. Yeah. No, you play, like, Tri-Lands and then just expensive, expensive cards. Um, yeah. It's kind of wild. I'm glad that it did well. Uh, I always like to see really sweet decks pop up. Um, I mean, Hurt Migration really... does help you with, like, the fast matchups, too, though. Yeah, you can really, like, yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a really big swing. So and then if you ever get to seven mana versus an aggro deck, I mean just making five three threes usually stonewalls the game. Or casting a Troxa, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or casting a Troxa. So it's uh, a seven seven. You guys are gonna think I'm trolling, but a big reason why I really do think Esper might be the way, or it's what I'm considering playing, uh, next to domain control, is that it has a it has such a good win, win rate against the other decks. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. 17 and 2. Yeah, no, I mean, 17 and 2 against just like the random 44% of the meta, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Esper dies really, really hard, though, to blue white soldiers. Yes. They 18% just, win rate. Yeah, your creatures do not line up well against them because. Again, like Thalia doesn't tax them. Uh, Haywire might just says Thalia is also a uh, a two one that can't block their two threes. Yep, and y'all keep saying Haywire might. Y'all don't. They don't play Haywire might. Yeah, Haywire. You think them Discrelv? 
Who said Haywire Might? Did so, I say Haywire Might? Both did. Both of you guys said... John. He, Sorry, he, he just said, yeah. Dude, okay. I'm, oh my god, Skrell. <laughs> John shit. plays Haywire, right? Yeah, I, well, he said, he said, I meant Skrell. I meant Skrell. And I was like, yeah, trust me, I played Skrell. Play you green can't White even Tom. sacrifice it for the green mana that it costs because you're playing Vesper. It targets I tried to, I tried to cast, play, uh, I tried to play Green White Toxic earlier and I played versus Gender Animator. I think Vega was in there for yep. that. And. Dude, I logged off Arena. That was the most brutal beating I've ever had in my life. He's like, yeah, I'm not Wait, playing this. Up? The Jund reanimated deck. Because, like, they... First of all, my opponent drew four copies of Haywire my game one. Um, and then, like, Outland Liberator, uh, Workshop Warchief. At one point, he flipped his Fable the Mirror Breaker and played a Tyvar, and, like, oh my god, dude. It just was, <laughs> like... The whole game, I was just so far behind. Like, there was never a point where it seemed like I could have won. Yeah, that's brutal. So I don't know. I, I will. I will be playing the the toxic deck more like um, in the next couple days. Um, and I also uh, found uh, on the website for DreamHack, I found out that the people that will the vendors that'll be there. Um, so I'm pretty sure. That the vendors wouldn't mind you making an order with them for cards and then bringing them to DreamHack. So, as long as you give them, obviously, a couple weeks. I know they used to do that for, like, uh, Grand Prix and Opens and stuff. You could yeah, make well, Star City it did up. it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I know Star City and Channel Fireball, which those were the two big ones. Uh, but they usually, you could order cards and just set it to pick up at the event. Correct, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure that these other stores will do the same thing. Like, yeah, you just if have you, to contact them instead of buying straight from GCG player. Correct. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, uh, I might end up doing that honestly. If uh, if I like can't make a decision in time, I'll like I'll probably reach out to them uh, this weekend and see like um, how long they need to pull the list and if they'll have it all and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely will reach out to them probably this weekend and see if that's something that we can do. Yeah, it's probably um, probably a good idea. Do you guys have yeah. any um so I guess you know for the final topic we're coming up on the hour here. Um do you guys have any pressure or or like anxiety or nervousness leading up to the RC cuz my no. my biggest concern right now is just deck choice. Like that's what's really stressing me out. There's so many decks that are just like wow, yeah, I could totally play this but I just can't seem so, to make that choice. You guys know me pretty well. I, uh, I'm i pretty good at just picking one deck weeks in advance, you know, and locking into it and not changing my mind a single bit beforehand. Uh, what? Stop the cast. Uh, <laughs> Stop the cast. That's great. Yeah. That's... So the problem with me is I have a lot of anxiety because I have to pick a deck. Like, I in five days, I'm picking my deck because I get paid on the 15th and I'm just buying something. Um, so, like, Having to lock in so far in advance is not something I would normally do. Yeah. Way out of my comfort zone. Well, also, just making sure that all your cards get here in time is a huge deal, too. Yep. Like, um, I mean, I, my only, my only other issue with the whole thing is like, I, I do much better playtesting in paper than I do playtesting online. Yep. Like, I, I too. just, and I'm sure that's probably the same for a lot of people. Like, I just do well playtesting paper. Well, there's not many people here in Nashville that uh, play standard. There's a couple guys that are already going to the RC, and they already have their decks picked out. They've had their decks picked out for weeks. 
I saw them at the, the uh, I saw them at my Pioneer RCQ last weekend. Um, but uh, I mean, for the most part, like I, you can't really play test on paper. Like it's it's hard to do, especially in a format where a lot of people don't care about it. So um, I might try and like order a deck and try and play test maybe, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, as far as anxiety and stuff, I don't really have anxiety when it comes to this stuff. Um, I, I, Especially if I have to pick a deck, like it really, because like up until I'm like locked in for day two at the event, I'm gonna be sweating that I've made a terrible decision. Yeah, that's I my concern. The, that's my concern because yeah, I'm like, if I lock I in into like... the domain deck, I'm gonna feel like, oh, this deck is just unplayable now. But then if I get that Esper Legends deck, I'm gonna be like, oh, the meta shifted and now this deck's no longer good, and it's just. It might not be true, but that's just what's going in my head. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, B Money. I didn't mean to. No, it's just I I, I feel like uh, part of the the. I mean, I, I feel like if you do that, you go into the tournament with a losing mentality. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just think that if you're not confident in your deck choice, you're not confident in like what you're going to be doing and the your your plan that you have for the tournament. I just feel like it's a, a recipe for disaster. Like, oh, 100%. and and it and. You know, I, I just, that's, that's what I, because uh, all the GPs and stuff, like the GPs and stuff that I played in all the time and like Star City events, every time that I day twoed and like, you know, went deep in a tournament, it was always because I knew I was confident in the deck that I was playing and I like knew and practiced that deck for a while. Um, so like, I mean, I mean obviously and, that's a different constructed format, but you know. Um, and I was, I mean, I was the same way back in those days with like the gps and the opens and stuff but at the same time like i day two to a lot of gps and i played really about a lot of them but i was also playing modern and i was playing like infect or john like a deck that i was like like i know i'm good at i'm going to like i'm going to be better than the next guy at this deck. yeah um, i i, I, think I another don't thing... have that mentality with standard yeah i think another thing that you have to realize as well is that everyone that qualified for this rc I guarantee them none of them qualify playing standard. No, they did so not. Yeah. everyone else is in the same boat as us in figuring out what they want to play, worrying about making sure they have enough testing time, making sure that they, you know, are going to do well in this tournament. So, like, the playing field's pretty even. I mean, there's not – I don't think there was, like, any – obviously outside of, like, probably California. Like, California probably had standard tournaments. But other than California, there wasn't very many standard RCQs. It was That's all true. Pioneer Modern, so – I just don't Everyone... like a, like I did in Atlanta because like in Atlanta I bought red black because you know and that was like that like is like the best pioneer deck, but then like every single round, every time I looked at my opponent's deck list, I was like, oh wow, you're specifically teched to beat this. Yeah, and I just like was miserable about it, and like after round one, I already was in the mindset that I fucked up, and then I just like, I made a couple of misplays. It was really brutal. Yeah, and I fucked myself, and it was largely because of the deck choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's going to happen, though. I mean, especially in formats that are dominated, like, I mean, when I say dominated, I mean, like, 20-plus percent of the meta is a certain deck, or, like, 15% is more, like, the, the high, like the percentage mark of, like, 15-plus percent. I mean, you're going to run into that deck a lot, you know? Like, it's just going to mm -hmm. happen. So, oh, yeah. 
That's uh, I I think that like that's one thing that we all need to work on too is like not getting down on ourselves for losing the matchup like to variance, I guess. Yeah. Um, because we all kind of like tilt, you know, off the face of the planet whenever that stuff happens. <laughs> sure. Um, so I mean, especially myself. If I play a matchup like perfectly and I lose to like one person drawing one card that like destroys me, I, I I'm so upset about it. Yeah, uh, you usually message the group chat like, "All right, boys, I'm selling out of magic." <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, one of these days it's gonna happen. I mean, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Good, get old, so. play magic. <laughs> no, I mean, be um, money. We have to play magic together when we're 65. Yeah, uh, that's probably not gonna happen. I'm gonna cast this two. I mean, we could card. be like that that one GP winner, that old guy in England or like Europe that won that that legacy GP at 55 years old or whatever. That guy was that guy was great. He was playing Modern Red Prison, and the entire crowd was cheering him on. It was one of the that coolest moments I've ever seen. That guy's been playing Legacy since it was just standard. Yeah, he's been since playing it was Legacy type one, excuse since me. it was Type One. Yeah, <laughs> you better get it right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I agree. I mean, we do all need to kind of work on that. But uh, I, as far as like playing the game, I like I'm not very anxious about my ability to play, especially with it being a mid range format. Oh yeah, that's your that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Like I like mid range decks, like shitty mid range piles and infect are like the two things that I know that I can do. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it, but I'm also very nervous because, like, for me, this was a very like, uh, and for everybody, obviously, but it kind of hurt my bank account a little more than a lot. But oh yeah, this is a very expensive trip. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. No, I they don't. They don't tell me money for no reason, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it in the bag. I think as soon as we figure out our deck choices, we'll be able to kind of hone and you know hone our decks and and practice and just get really ready. So, do you guys have any other uh, any other topics you want to go over before we close this out? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, we covered pretty much a lot of standard. I know that we'll be kind of covering standard for the next couple of weeks, but. Um, like as as the RCs happen, yep. talking about the results, things like that. I'm pretty sure that we're. I mean, other than I think you guys have a, mo- a modern RCQ this weekend, but other than yeah. like you know incidental RCQs here and there, uh, I don't think we'll be talking about much else with standard until then. So, which is really refreshing for me, honestly, because I haven't talked about standard in forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird for me because I've talked about a lot of standard and it's never been good. That's, that's fair. <laughs> That me, is Vega, fair. me and Vega, Cameron and Xavier all have a modern RCQ at uh, a shop in Heisberg. For the five boys. For the five team members. Gotta do it. Gonna find a way to hack into the mainframe and all four get qualified from the one event. Um, yeah. Dude, I'd be happy if just two of us qualified, oh. honestly. So what we need to do is just be the top four and then convince DreamHack that we'll just all pay half price for the DreamHack ticket. Ah, now you're talking. There we go. Smart. Now you're talking. Yeah. See, that's gigabrain. Well, since we're on the subject of RCQ this weekend, uh, let's do our traditional uh, reformat. You know, uh, yeah. obviously, we'll let you guys go first. Since you guys have the modern RCQ this weekend, what what are we what are we playing on the modern RCQ, uh, and and why? I've got. I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, oh, you can't think of a deck choice? Go crazy. Yeah, this is the problem. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm between 
infect bank company, 80 card no visit, or uh, good old fashioned money pile featuring Elvis. Okay, Norman. yeah, that was just a that was a terrible question for you then. Exactly. <laughs> or Titan. That's five different decks. It just doesn't make a any buddy sense. Buddy of mine just played Titan at Charlotte and came in 15th, and I think I can get his list together. So there's a decent chance that I'll play that. But most likely, I'm going to be playing Infector Bank Company because those are the two decks I'm the most comfortable with. It just depends. I'm going to do some more modern playtesting tomorrow, and if I just really like get a hard-on for casting Vindicate, then I'll just play Nith and Zip. But, That's fair. Um, well, okay, if the RSQ was standard, what would you be playing? If it was standard and it was this weekend, I would be playing Blue White Mines Blaze, I think. Because okay. that's the deck that I've had the most reps with. I've been doing really well with it. I think it has a decent matchup against most of the room. As long as you're not playing against specifically Esper Super Friends, there's not a whole lot to worry about. The Planeswalker decks, um, obviously the Blue White version just doesn't have a good way to deal with Planeswalkers at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gets really tough. Um, you know, you have some stuff post board like extra fateful absence, and then like Holebreaker Horror can deal with planeswalkers by just you know. Whoosh. But okay, if it was Pioneer, um, what would you play? Probably red black. Uh, boo, boo. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. It's, kind of boring. <laughs> it's kind of a boring choice. But it's a safe I've choice. It's very good. pretty decent with it, and I've really been clapping the mirror. But I'm also like, as far as the mirror match is concerned, I'm like basically cheating because I'm playing Angrath in the board, um, and like Chandra Torture Defiance, and just like cards that, like, like my opponent just literally can't meet when you cast. That's fair. But I would probably just play Red Black for Pioneer. So probably Red Black for Pioneer, Blue Eye Mind Spies for Standard, and then. In fact, or bank company for modern. I'm, gotcha. I'm probably going to flip a coin Saturday morning. That's fair. Uh, flip a sixteen-sided coin, you know, for the different decks that I have sleeped up with. Right? That's fair. Vega, what, what, what do we what do we got on the agenda? <laughs> I'm channeling my inner B money on Saturday. I'm playing good Let's old go. Gorio's Vengeance, baby. Yeah, Let's boy. Go. We're playing. Let's go. We're going to be reanimating a. Leave it when I see it. I, I, you're going to be like. You're going to be wojacking when you see me Gorio Svenches back in a Drogs and put six cards in my hand. It's going to be sick. Run out of the room. When I see it. Just like I'll believe that B-Money's not going to be there when I see it. You're the Saturday one. night, uh, whenever I get on Discord, I'll believe not going to be there. Dude, up. you're the one that's not bringing... You're literally bringing me the Gorio Svenches, dog. What are you talking about? That's not important. Okay. That's just to test your metal. Okay, okay. So, the deck's good, man. You saw that game. It's just to put you on the spot. Because you started... You had to have started as cap, and I just... It was not cap, I, I swear to God. Xavier came over last night, I'm like, dude, I'm just going to play the Gorios deck. Like, I don't think a lot of people are going to see it coming, though. I, I agree 100%. I don't think anybody's going to see it coming. I do think the deck's good. I mean, I was playing it the other night. It's dude, it just plays like a scam deck and like a control deck at the same time, and then you just hit your opponent with this reanimate package, and they're just like, uh, okay. Like... Yeah, you get better scam card because you have ephemerate instead of nine. Yeah, like I think the deck's very solid. Um, if I was playing standard, Sick. probably domain control. Realistically, I've been enjoying that deck, but um, and if it was pioneer, probably blue white control. I feel you. I feel you. What about you, B Money? Yeah. 
Um, standard, I would, I'd probably play green, white, toxic. Uh, that's probably where I'd be. Um, I'm going to play it more. I'm actually like really, I really like the results of the deck from the other RCQs. I think that's super sweet. It's a style that I like to play. So that's probably what I'd be playing in standard. Um, for pioneer, I'd actually switch it up. So I've been playing a lot of hidden strings recently. I've been playing really well uh, with the deck, but I haven't posted great results because I've lost to every red black deck in the room. Uh, nice. But <laughs> you got to see it like eight times last weekend. I got necromancer. Okay, so <laughs> this is what happened. There's three red black players in the room. Three red black mid range players. I play against all three of them in a in a in a six round tournament. So half my day is playing against red black. Every single game two and game three, I get Necromancer on turn three. And they either rip Lotus Field or they rip their Merge and Ultimatums out of my deck. Jeez. Um, so, uh, yeah, I almost won one of the games when I masterminded that condition back a Lotus Field and played it. Uh, <laughs> and I also won one of the games through a Shieldred. I cast four of the pages twice, took 12, and won the game, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. Let's go. But, um. Yeah, no, I've been playing the deck really well. Uh, I'd probably either send that, or if I could play anything, I'd probably end up playing the create the creativity deck. It's a good one. Um, both of them are combo decks. I like playing combo decks; they're fun. Um, and then modern, um, I'm going to step away from the Amulet Titan this weekend if I was playing in a tournament. Ooh. I know, right? What would you play? Um, I would actually, if I had access to it, I, I would be on the side of playing Gorios again. Let's go, baby! Fun. Let's go! I, I, I think it'd be super fun. I, I've, I've, I've won multiple tournaments with that deck before. Um, obviously, back in the day when we had Ilharg and Faithless Looting, but... Yeah, I remember um, V-Money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember you beating me in the top four of the monthly. Yeah, no, that was great. I also beat the Ad Nauseam player, which is crazy to me, because yeah, they were way faster than I was. Um, but no, I, I think the next cool tournament also B money <laughs> and I played three games. I killed him on turn two, one game. He killed me on turn two, the next game. And then he killed me on turn three, the next game. And both yeah. of us were just like a single card away every time. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Just I was like, interactive, just swinging out. I love it. It was great. That's my favorite kind of magic, but yeah, I, I would probably fl- flat flash it back and play some Gorios. I, I think the deck's super fun. I love playing that deck. Uh, and man, it just brings back memories, brings back good memories. So let's go. Yeah. If you were to play Gorios again, would you play, uh, Ilhar? No. No balls. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's good. No, I think Atrax is way better. Like, uh, it's just really <laughs> a seven man or like a seven man, a seven, seven with, a mountain of text on it. It's like literally got Hiroshima in the text box. That like, you can attack. It's crazy. You can attack like, for seven and then ephemerate it and get another trigger. It's just like, it's so yeah, good. I, so I will say, uh, I'm going to admit, Atraxa was one of the cards that whenever we were all talking about it, I was not as big on it. I thought it was like, obviously it's a very powerful card. I was like, no way that it's replacing Gristle Brand. It just doesn't do the same thing. It's not quite as good. But after, like, doing the thing, after hitting Ephemerate off of Atraxa, when Gorgos sit into play, I was like, oh, yeah, right. This is actually just way better. Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't pay 14 it's... life to draw 14 cards. You gain 7 life and 
Draw five. Draw, seven Draw seven ten. Eight it's eight like cards total. Oh my god. Yeah, it. Uh, I will say that that was a card. I'm going to admit, like, I was very wrong on that one. It is exactly that strong. Yeah. I think the card's sweet. I think the deck's sweet. I think that y'all would be making a good choice to be playing it. Uh, I'm very on board with both of you playing it. I think it's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not playing it because I don't have a tournament this weekend. But uh, I am. I am. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna switch to real life subject for a second. I, I will not be able to do anything. Um, I might play Legacy on Saturday actually. Let's go. Um, which would be cool. You know, um, I haven't played Legacy Gak. in a while. Yeah, I'm gonna run back to Gak. I'm gonna dust yeah. it off. Uh, yeah. I, so there was a. A hookah deck list I saw a while back from uh, some guy who won a legacy challenge with it, right? I, I it was second. I got second. Oh, it was second, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got second. In the legacy. Challenge. What was that guy's name? It was like Demon Money Three Stacks or something. Like yes, that. yes, it was. Um, Shout out Peacekeeper. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, Anointed Peacekeeper or whatever that card. No, it wasn't Anointed Peacekeeper. It was just Peacekeeper. Just Peacekeeper. Yeah, it's crazy. Specifically um, Peacekeeper because your opponent had the one of both games. Yeah. The only um, reason. Yeah, but I will. I, I will be traveling the next two weeks. I'm going to try and catch an RCQ in Austin if I'm if I have an availability. Let's go. Um, I'll be going to South by Southwest in Austin. Uh, it's going to be super fun. It's going there for work, and then I'll be going to Galveston, and then I'll be stopping at home for a couple of days. So it's going to be sweet. Um, Let's go. I'm excited, but I will be traveling, so I can't really uh, can't really be playing in tournaments yet. Well, we're super excited well, to uh, to have you back home for at least. You know, a couple days, go grab a beer or something. It'll be nice. Yep. Yeah. Swing by top sure, sure. board games, so I'll see if that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Well, well uh, anything else, uh, guys? Yeah. I think that's about it. Though. I think those are uh, no, we're good. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode number five of the completed podcast, everybody. Make sure to go drop us a follow on Twitter at Team Metamorph. Uh, we take any suggestions you guys might have, so make sure you reach out, let us know what you want us to do. And uh, we'll try hardest to make that come true. Uh, thank you, B-Money and BSC for joining me tonight. And, uh, yeah, we hope you guys have an amazing night. And good luck at any tournaments you might have this weekend, guys. All right. Peace.